0: Welcome. Everything is saved? You're listening to Fork and Bullshirt, the Good Place Podcast. I'm Jason.
1: And I'm Vivian.
0: We'll be the architects of your journey into the afterlife.
1: This week we're talking about Season 3, Episode 6, The Ballad of Donkey Doug. This episode was written by Matt Murray and directed by Rebecca Asher, and it aired October 25th, 2018. Let's dive right in.
0: The Soul Squad splits up. Chidi, Eleanor, and Janet stay in Australia while Michael, Jason, and Tahani travel to Jacksonville. Chidi agonizes over how to end his relationship with Simone, as he doesn't want to risk telling her about the afterlife. Janet offers to create a simulation device to help Chidi practice breaking it off with Simone.
1: I'm really enjoying the beginning here with all this fun banter between Janet and Chidi and Eleanor. It really reminds me of season one. When Eleanor would just ask Janet all these endless questions, um, and Janet's duty was just to help them in any way that she could. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It feels like the good old days in a way.
0: Mm-hmm. The good old place. My absolute favorite moment of the entire episode is in the first scene with Eleanor and Janet. Eleanor saying, "All my exes got over me," and Janet saying no, actually, they didn't. And Eleanor's (laughs) saying, you're damn right they didn't. (laughs) The look on her face and the look on Janet's face, Janet's like, ooh, you're sassy, Bench.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. It's so good. Mm -hmm. It seems like Eleanor and Janet are talking about people that Eleanor had a crush on back in the day, so I appreciate they include a girl in there, too.
0: there's a, a guy and a girl.
1: Yep. I think it's kind of funny in a way that Eleanor doesn't even consider going to save her two best friends. The ones that she hung out with all the time. Mm-hmm. She knows they're beyond saving. It's just not gonna happen.
0: <laughs> Maybe those people are the most important people to save. Mm-hmm. The ones that are hopeless. That, that seem hopeless. That seem hopeless. Okay. Kind of like Donkey Dog uh, I mean... Eleanor's friends, much worse. I guess
1: if I was part of the Soul Squad, I wouldn't exactly be looking for the people who are, like, the worst.
0: I know, you'd probably want to make it easy.
1: Well, start off (laughs) a little easier. I mean, come on.
0: Now, this might be just a way for Chidi to get out of his commitments for the episode. Mm -hmm. But holy moly, he took his firing extremely well. Yeah. I'm assuming he's been a professor for a few years at least. I mean, he's pretty young so it couldn't have been too long but still it's like that's a respectable position yep and... and i
1: feel like it'd be a lot harder to get fired than that like yeah you had a breakdown in class i get it but i feel like it would just be a lot harder to get fired than that no
0: mm-hmm. i would think maybe so. some
1: friends in academia can uh, weigh in here
0: <laughs> it just doesn't seem like he's stressing over it very much mm-hmm. but maybe he's internalizing compartmentalizing yeah um well it's maybe, nice
1: it, like, it gives him the opportunity to actually go travel the world yes, with the soul squad absolutely. he doesn't have to try and take a sabbatical but he's always worried about no it's mm-hmm. just he, he's done
0: and then people watching it would be like whatever happened to chidi's job is he still on sabbatical that's yeah. unbelievable
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you mean us <laughs> maybe the crisis last episode you know kind of helps like he's not really too concerned with such frivolous things as a job or money frivolous things like I a know. job like Ex- an
1: income
0: exactly <laughs> so maybe he's just more concerned about life now instead of maybe he just figures that janet and michael will look after him hmm. and he's got the soul squad to back him up
1: sure i mean it makes almost no sense that chidi is not panicking entirely about how he's going to Feed himself all of these things (laughs) but it's fine it's fine it's really it's not a huge deal i get that he's way more focused on simone right now because that is a problem he can solve more quickly Mm -hmm. and i like that eleanor is understanding of chidi's moral code i appreciate that she understands even now when he knows that he's doomed he still is not okay with lying this has always been Cheaty's thing every single season, so I'm glad that they kept that up.
0: Mm-hmm. You called it last episode how Cheaty would have to break it up with Simone.
1: Yeah, there's just really no way that this could go well.
0: And I'm glad they don't treat him or her like Larry Hemsworth, just kind of like, forget about him.
1: Yeah, no ghosting here. No, yeah. thank you, Eleanor. I just, I get a little frustrated with Chidi in this episode, but in this scene, I was really annoyed because he's saying, well, I just wish I could end things in a way that I knew wouldn't hurt her, but that's impossible because the simple fact that you're ending things is going to hurt someone. There's no perfect way to break up with somebody. Mm -hmm. It's just not possible.
0: Unless you both realize you want to break up with each other and you're happier about it.
1: Yeah, that's a mutual breakup, which is, like, a super rare thing, Mm -hmm. too. But if it's a one-sided thing, you're always going to hurt somebody. You just need to accept that fact. It sucks. Make it happen. Move on. Mm -hmm. So, Janet.
0: Yeah, we got Janet Janet binging herself.
1: Oh, my God. It's so cute. Oh, she's so adorable. She's still trying to adjust to having no powers on Earth. It's fun to see... Cheaty and eleanor's confusion too
0: they have because... no idea they've never seen janet with powers
1: no they don't know what she's like they don't know what the bings are like mm-hmm. that must be interesting to have to play that like what are you doing right
0: now i want to believe that's how they did it while filming the earlier seasons <laughs> either somebody off screen just shouts bing and then the scene starts or so they know where to <laughs> add the sound or
1: <laughs> oh that's great and we see that her range of emotions continues to grow she now yeah. feels embarrassment. Yeah,
0: super embarrassed.
1: Though not about Jason, the simulation about Jason. No. She's not embarrassed about that. It's just a bug in the system. I mean, it's not something
0: she put. Yeah, down. it's like she's <laughs> not just embarrassed. It's like she's ashamed as well when she's Aww. backing away. Like, don't, don't look at me, guys. Like this is, this is awful.
1: Oh, she's just not used to it. Poor Janet. All right, let's catch up with the other half of the soul squad. Jason Tahani and Michael arrive at Randy Macho Man Savage Non-International Airport in Jacksonville with a plan to save his father's soul. Tahani is shocked to discover that Donkey Doug is actually Jason's father. Their plan is to convince Donkey Doug to continue his education and help him earn an honest living. Okay, so I was totally shocked. 100% shocked that Donkey Doug is Jason's dad.
0: Yep, it's a little weird.
1: It explains a lot. It makes me a little sad for Jason. Yeah. Um Yeah. It was like it was genuinely surprising. Um, I mean it's obvious that he's not the most attentive parent, and he obviously had no boundaries at all with his son.
0: Yeah, he treated him like a best friend instead of a kid. Yeah. Like his bro. own son.
1: How do you do that with a five year old? Hey, bro. I'm just, I'm concerned. Yeah. And it's a little weird that Jason's mother is never at all mentioned in this episode. I know that we got a little mention of her last season where Jason helped her rob a pet store. But I guess she's not at all part of Donkey Doug's life. Hmm. Anyway.
0: Yeah, in season one, episode five, I looked back to all the, the episodes where Donkey Doug was mentioned. Oh, and uh he was first mentioned in category 55 doomsday crisis and um jason says i knew this girl sheila she was a black market alligator dealer with a pierced jawbone (laughs) sheila was gonna get married to my boy donkey doug and make him move to sarasota would have broken up my whole breakdancing crew and donkey doug was our best pop and locker so I hit a bunch of stolen boogie boards in Sheila's garage and called the cops. I framed the innocent gator dealer to save 60 person dance crew.
1: Okay, so Donkey Doug was dating someone with a pierced jawbone.
0: Yeah, named Sheila. That,
1: that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> I just their plan, okay. Their plan is to have him finally become an electrician, earn a lot honest living, and get him on track to accumulating good place points. But I feel like it's too late for Donkey Dog. I mean, it seems impossible that he could make his way into The Good Place, given what we know about The Good Place. How
0: can you come back from all of this?
1: Exactly. Even Pillboy. Like, they... I know I'm skipping ahead, but they do manage to get Pillboy on the right track, but Pillboy's been kind of an idiot his whole life. He's been committing crimes and doing stupid things, but, like... Now that he's just not doing crimes, he's supposed to earn his way into the good place. That seems unrealistic.
0: hmm So... I feel like Michael should know this, too.
1: Yeah. So why would Michael give Jason hope for that?
0: hmm
1: I don't know. It's a weird one.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just... It's a weird one.
1: Yeah. So then the whole point of the episode trying to save donkey doug and then end up saving Pillboy. i just feel like it's still pointless i guess which maybe is how some people see life
0: but but he reconnected with his father i mean we are skipping ahead but he reconnected with his father Mm -hmm. he kind of bonded
1: yeah i guess so he got um
0: it's not that he reconnected it's not like he was ever disconnected with his father but they kind of bonded as father and son a little bit more than okay. as friends or bros or yeah. boys
1: <laughs> my boy <laughs> okay um so then when we do see donkey doug too, and jason has to remind him like no i actually am your boy i feel like there's a little hint of sadness there like it's a little sad that Jason has to remind his dad that really you are my dad. Like, mm-hmm. you get that, right? Like, you know, I'm not just your boy. I'm
0: your, your... son, yeah.
1: your actual spawn. <laughs> that sounds weird to say, but you know what I mean. Yeah.
0: Um, I just wanted to briefly note the Randy Macho Man Savage non-international airport. In case mm-hmm. anybody who doesn't really know who Randy Savage was... Um, he was born in Ohio, died in Seminole, Florida. So maybe that's why, hmm. I mean, it's not exactly Jacksonville, but, um, it's, it's still Florida now. And,
1: and he's a wrestler, right? Yeah. He yeah, was okay.
0: a color commentator as well as a, a wrestler, hmm. um, all through the eighties the and early nineties when it was known as the WWF. Oh yes, The World Wrestling Federation. Uh, And then the pandas had to take back the name. (laughs) Uh, But interestingly, uh, he did. He died in Seminole, Florida. And just a couple days ago, when I was doing the research for this episode, Mm -hmm. I saw that Seminole actually had a huge storm, massive storm, almost almost like a full-fledged tornado, which caused a whole bunch of damage. So all that came up when I was doing some research on Seminole. (laughs) Like, holy crap. I like the uh, the monster truck gag that happens when Jason calls a cab.
1: Oh, it's hilarious. It's
0: hilarious, but I, I don't like it. Like, I like it, but I don't. Oh. It doesn't feel right because they're back on Earth. Everything's supposed to be grounded in reality. Right. I guess they're just trying to show us that Jacksonville is as outrageous as Jason has always claimed it was. <laughs> yep. maybe that i don't know um
1: okay so does it kind of break the world it kind of breaks
0: it a little bit my my belief my suspension of disbelief
1: i think it would have been fine if the monster truck had not crushed a car or
0: been a cab
1: no if it had been a cab fine whatever Okay, but the crushing the car or part. the
0: guy, yeah, like the cab driver leans out and sees that he crushed the cab. And he's like, "Oh, holy crap, not again!" <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, I still thought it was hilarious. I love that. I know. Jason I laughed just a lot. Throws his bags yeah. up. It's perfect. It's like
0: it's totally normal. He <laughs> <You> totally expects <laughs> it.
1: Michael and Tahani's face just looking at this giant monstrosity. So funny. So perfect.
0: It's fun. I love it. I love it. Ted, love it.
1: Yeah. Ted Danson does this amazing look of surprise, shock, excitement, and joy, yes. and excitement, and also disappointment. It's a lot of emotions in one look. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Um, the back of the tabloid magazine that Tahani's reading, when she sees that Hemsworth and her are broken up. Um, Oh, yeah,
1: she found out from a tabloid. Yeah, (laughs) no kidding.
0: There's an advertisement for a book called Back Once More Into the Den of Lions by Gay Perello, who is in charge of props for Parks and Rec. Oh. And this book is the sequel to the book being read by Ben in the episode Comeback Kid. Oh. Yeah, he's reading uh, Into the Den of Lions. So we are back once more into the Den of Lions.
1: Okay, we're getting a Parks and Rec reference. Yep. Yeah, no, I did not pick up on that at all.
0: Okie dokie. Huh. Now, going back to the cab, at the for the cab that gets crushed, on top of it, on the cab topper, it says the Mindy St. Clair Rescue Alliance.
1: Oh my God.
0: Is that the name oh, of no the idea. charity that they set up?
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah.
0: When Michael and Jason are discussing... How to help Donkey Dog and Tahani says, Well, we'll just give him money. Jason seems more, Jason seems smarter than Tahani in this situation. Like he's, mm-hmm. he knows, he understands what needs to be done. Instead of just throwing money at it, you actually need to help him because he knows that he'll just blow the money. So it was kind of nice to see his growth there.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, well, it's through the whole just...
0: episode, even.
1: Yeah, I think it's his personal experience. He knows that when people around him and his life have come into money some way or another, they don't spend it responsibly. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're using it to pay their bills and rent and whatever.
0: Yeah. And Tahani which is just so used to throwing money at problems to make it go away.
1: Yeah, 100%, right? It's It's nice. I like it because it shows that they have very different experiences mm-hmm. and they have different um, strengths because of that.
0: Cheedy enters the simulation with Eleanor and Janet watching. Cheedy practices breaking up with Simone over and over again. Meanwhile, the rest of the Soul Squad listens to a pitch from Donkey Dog and Pillboy.
1: Janet's invention is so cool. I want one. I want one, except I would spend way too much time in it because
0: we'd get some black mirror stuff going on yeah. just people get lost in it.
1: <laughs> I just love that they infuse fantasy elements into the everyday. I think it's cool. Um, you know, we're still getting a little bit of that like good place vibe even now here on earth. I like that. Um, I, I just love to the, the little sounds that Janet puts into the earbuds and, How it's this real place. Like, we see the cafe later on in the episode. It's a real place that she's programmed in, which I think is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And being able to see whatever he's seeing. Like, that invention doesn't make any sense at all. But I love it. Mm -hmm. I think it's great.
0: Yeah, I get Janet being super smart and everything and being able to build anything. But I don't like this part of the story.
1: Oh, no? How come? No.
0: I didn't really know why I didn't like it. And then I I guess I kind of just. I think it feels like it's cheating. And it isn't giving Cheedy a fair chance at being a good person on his own. Hmm. It's taking. He's been teaching ethics and philosophy for so long. This would be a great chance for him to. Have a practical application. Okay. And Janet just snowplows it out of his way um it just people don't get this you don't get multiple chances to break up with somebody no it's but it's not, not
1: really her it's like doing a simulation in your head it's like practicing right beforehand when you're planning on breaking up with someone and you don't know it's how. it's totally
0: different than just going over you know, thinking about all the things that you could say over and over again, that's mm-hmm. that's learning right there through yourself. But. Going riffing off of a simulated person that you're going to break up with, that's not just going through ideas in your head, that's that's having the events play out and you could say, oh, this doesn't work. So it's like time travel. If you're able to just reset over and over and over again. It just doesn't take the. It takes the life out of. It takes consequence out of the equation.
1: But we see that it doesn't, right? Because when he right. actually right, and that's has what I was thinking it. about
0: afterwards. That maybe that's the point. Um, in the end, it shows us and Chidi that. That's not enough. Like simulations wouldn't do anything.
1: Okay. Like, like no matter how much you prepare no matter how and much... think that you're ready. When these moments happen, you have to be prepared. You have to be flexible, which we see Chidi is Exactly.
0: We see he starts stressing over every detail that's not the same from the simulation. And mm-hmm. things start to veer off course a little bit. And he completely freaks out because yeah. he's been in the simulator so many times. He's gone over it and over it and over it and perfected it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And in the end, it doesn't matter.
1: I just thought it was an interesting way to explore Chidi's anxiety because I I get that. If I'm going to have a tough conversation with somebody, I replay potential ways of saying it in my head. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's no simulation. I don't actually get to see how they react. But if I know the person well enough, then usually I can, you know, approximate what their reaction is going to be if I say a certain thing. So it was kind of like getting to actually see that, getting to participate in it. So I thought it was an interesting addition to the episode. I liked it. Hmm, um, okay. I I kind of get what you mean though. It's You don't get to do that. You don't actually get to see what people's reactions are going to be and try out completely bonkers ideas, right? Like Chidi saying, I'm really special agent Rick Justice and giving simona puppy and trying to end it that way like trying to
0: propose
1: yeah and then trying to propose and wondering wait why did that not work of course you can think of those things in your head which i think is what the comparison is right like anxiety and just overthinking everything Mm -hmm. you know i i understand that i've definitely thought about oh what if i said this crazy thing or what if i just did this this thing that makes no sense right what would that be like but with Cheedy actually trying to think of how to do this, it seems a little silly that he would even bother, right? Like, this actually takes real effort. It's not just in your head. It's him really pretending he's got this puppy and pretending he's Special Agent Rick Justice and all these. Why? Don't spend the time, right? It's It's hilarious. I get it. I appreciate it. I think it's funny mm-hmm. from a comedy standpoint. From a logical standpoint, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense, but I'm willing to overlook it.
0: For the trolley problem in season two, Chidi is fine with discussing the trolley problem and talking about all the different methods and how you do it, but then in the simulation of the trolley problem, he wants nothing to do with that. like He's like, get me the hell out of here. So, I mean, obviously it's a little different breakup simulation versus killing six people simulation or five people and, you know... There is clearly a difference, but, yeah, I I think it just doesn't feel like Chidi would go through with something like that. I feel like he's much more sit down, think it through logically, ethically, morally, philosophically, write down a bunch of notes. Okay. But I think part of it is also, hey, this could be an easy way. This could be an easy out. Something for me to not feel bad about. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I do. I totally agree with you. I get it. I know. I see why it happened. I enjoy the little scenarios. I just don't like it mm-hmm. in the episode.
1: Okay. I enjoy it. I think I'm I'm mostly seeing it from a comedy perspective. Right. It's, it's very funny. It's very entertaining. And because of that, I can overlook a lot of things. Right. Um. We get Eleanor telling Chee that he should just say that he's gay or that he's bi. And when he says that he's neither gay nor bisexual, she says, well, more guys should be bi. It's 2018. Get over yourselves. Which I <laughs> yeah, agree with you. Because but... we're
0: totally over. We're we're full of ourselves. That's why we're not bi.
1: Yeah. Well, no. Just. Uh, it's, it's a little silly because, of course, of course, you can't control your sexuality, right? You're. You're just attracted to who you're attracted to. Um, But I like that Eleanor, who earlier said that she understood Chidi wasn't going to lie, suggests that he tells Simone that he's gay or bi, because then that must be what she thinks of him. Like She assumes (laughs) either he's gay or he's bi, which he's shown no interest in men. But what I really like about it is that Chidi isn't insulted at all. There's zero gay panic. I really appreciate that. Cheaty isn't at all freaked out that maybe he seems kind of gay. His response... Vivian's air
0: quoting there. Yeah.
1: Well, it's just... It was such a huge thing, especially back in the 90s, where if any man on TV at all was... Friends. Yeah, friends or even Buffy, um, when people would mention that Xander seemed kind of gay or something. It was like immediate panic. No, no, no. I'm not into dudes. I'm not gay. You know, because that would be the worst thing ever. Right. It was just, it was tired. It was stupid. It was homophobic. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that Chidi not at all insulted. He's not panicked. His response is literally just confused. Like, wait a minute. What? Why would I say I'm gay? I'm not gay. Like, that's just a thing. Mm-hmm. And when she says, well, fine, bye. He goes, but I'm I'm not bye." Like, Eleanor, I don't understand. You said that I shouldn't lie, so why would I lie? And that's it. That's all we get. I love it. And then we move on. And although Eleanor doesn't canonically say, I am Eleanor Shellstrop and I am bisexual, it's super obvious in this episode. She's talking about girls. She hits on Simone later. Like, she actually says by in the episode. So it's there. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people online saying that it's not the best representation, um, just because Eleanor doesn't say it herself, I guess, or because it just seems like she's horny for anybody and that's not good bisexual representation, but <laughs> that's Eleanor that's the that's thing Eleanor. Is it's Eleanor, right? like you have to remember who that person is. We wouldn't be doing this if it was cheaty that was bisexual. It would be a very different experience, but Eleanor's just a horn dog. we know that about her, oh yeah, of course she's gonna be a horn dog for everybody, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: so yeah it's it's Eleanor mm-hmm. that's just Eleanor,
1: yeah. <laughs> And we get it confirmed. They actually are in the year 2018. Mm -hmm. So they are current. A couple of little side notes. Um, In this particular sequence, this, you know, breakup sequence, we get a musical callback. Um, The music used over that sequence is actually the exact same music they used from um, episode, season two, episode three, where we saw all the different punny restaurants in the reboots. So that's kind of nice where we're using the same, same stuff. And I don't feel like it's, I feel like it's deliberate because we also get Cheedy snapping his fingers to reset the simulation over and over again, just like Michael did when he was resetting the reboot. So it's kind of a fun callback. Like Cheedy and Eleanor wouldn't get it, but Janet would. She was there throughout the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of nice. Um... And I do like Eleanor taking over for Simone and then pretending to be Janet. I felt like the actress did a really good job there of pretending to be Eleanor and pretending to be Eleanor playing Janet. Mm -hmm. That was fun. And last thing is I think that the actress actually has a subdermal piercing near her wrist. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was... Interesting. I thought maybe it was, like, part of the simulation, like some sort of robotic something or other. But then I went back and looked at a couple other episodes, and she has these two, like, little diamond things near her wrist. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So that was kind of neat. I don't know if anyone else noticed that, but, uh, yeah. Shall we continue? Eleanor offers to break up with Simone for cheating, so she enters the simulation. She's pulled out just as she's about to kiss Simone. Jason tries to convince his dad to think long-term instead of moving ahead with his get-rich-quick scheme. He fails, so he decides to put his efforts into saving Pillboy instead.
0: So Eleanor falling for Simone. Eleanor mentions she loves her accent, and Mm -hmm. I feel like that's definitely directed towards people complaining about her accent.
1: Maybe, yeah, possibly. (laughs) I also like that Eleanor has this really sour look on her face when she transitions into the simulation because she doesn't like jazz. She hates jazz. She's like, ugh! every out- every song is like an hour long. I get it. You can play the piano. <laughs> um, I feel like Eleanor was giving Simone some kind of look the first time they met too. So, you know, I get it. There's, there's a little if something If the possibility
0: there. were to arise, I'm sure she'd go for it.
1: Absolutely. So I appreciate this from Michael Schur and the writing staff as well. Um, they all wanted to avoid this trope of women fighting over a man, which I really appreciate it. I'm happy that they went in a very different direction with Eleanor and Simone. Um, not That's not to say that Michael Schur's track record is 100%. There was a little bit of that back in Parks and Rec with April and Anne, not exactly fighting over Andy, but sort of disliking each other because of their past relationships or current relationships with a man. I'm not in love with women getting angry with each other over a guy, you know? It's not fun, it's boring. So, what did you think of Donkey Doug's pitch?
0: I don't like this whole episode no <laughs> it's hard for me to pick apart these parts that i just don't like like i like there's some jokes in there that i like but i overall i'm not a fan of the episode oh okay. and it's really hard for me to look at it objectively
1: okay what is it that you didn't like about donkey doug and Pellboy and double trouble
0: it's just a lot of dumb people acting dumb over and over again. Right. And that just got old. Okay. I like it with Jason within reason and for small amounts because you can only do that so much before it's just repetitive. Right. And you know how every scene's going to play out. Like, you could tell exactly how this scene was going to play out as. Like, before it was playing out, like, oh, we're going to pitch you an idea. Let me guess. It's going to be terrible, or it's going to be disgusting, or it's going to be just really bad. Oh, look, it is. It's really bad. It's all three of those things. It's all three of those (laughs) things. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, we have raspberry perspirant as a flavor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cedarwood melon blast. I mean, we've got two contrasting flavors here. Yeah. We've got woodsy, and we've got fruity. Come on. (laughs) And we've got fruity and we've got sweaty.
1: So you're really just insulted by how bad this idea is.
0: It's just horrible. (laughs) I mean, do you spray it? Do you drink it? Like, Mm. yes. It's an inclusive or. So. You're both it. You're both it. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, I was done with it by the time that pitch was over. Like I was done with that, this whole storyline. Because you know exactly what's going to happen.
1: I guess I didn't.
0: No, you couldn't tell that it was not going to work and this was going to fail miserably?
1: Well, I, uh, yeah, I could tell that Donkey Doug was too far gone, that they weren't going to be able to save him because he was just so stuck in his ways. I got that. I understood. I didn't see that Donkey Doug would give himself up for Jason. I didn't see that... They would manipulate Pillboy into doing good things. I didn't really know exactly how it was going to go. So I did still feel like I got some nice little moments in there and some nice surprises.
0: But again, they use stupidity for both of those things. Donkey Doug gives himself up because his dad did that for him and his dad did that for him. And And
1: someday you will do that for your
0: son. And with Pillboy, they even got him to, they convinced him through complete stupidity. They used his stupidity against him.
1: Right. Okay.
0: It's just... It was a lot of that, and it was... done. I was just done with it.
1: Okay. Well, that's fair. I get it. I think I I just enjoyed the jokes. Yeah,
0: and that's yeah. the only thing that I enjoyed were some of the jokes. Like, mm-hmm. when Tahani and Jason and Michael show up at Donkey Dog's place, and he's holding the bong, and he says oh are you a cop and he gives it to jason and jason starts freaking out like oh maybe michael is a cop and he hides it (laughs) behind his back like jason has no idea what's going on all the time so
1: but their brains are obviously pretty fried so (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah uh i i i liked it i mean for the most part i liked it even with them all being so dumb and I know it's, it's the same joke. They're really stupid, but the jokes seem to land for me pretty well this episode. Um, what I was wondering is, okay, Jason and Tahani are really easily swayed by Donkey Doug and Pillboy's enthusiasm for double trouble, right? Like Donkey Doug saying, well, don't you believe in me? Don't you want me to achieve a dream? That kind of thing. Do you feel like it's nicer to be honest to someone and tell them that their product is terrible and will not make money? Or do you think it's nicer to let them chase that dream and see if they can possibly make it work? Like I think you should Even do if both. you feel like you know it's going to fail, you know, you can't know the future. So.
0: Right. But I, I do. I think you should do both. I think you should be honest with them. Tell them about their idea. You know... I'm so glad you're enthusiastic about this, but maybe it's not the best idea because of these reasons. And then if they're still super adamant about doing it, be like, "You know what? Go for it." Yeah. "You really want to do this, so I will I will help you do this."
1: Yeah. And I see Jason being swayed really easily by that, of course, because he's not that smart. And he likes double trouble already. But also Donkey to, Doug is his dad, right? And he
0: wants to get in on it before the other sharks scoop up the idea.
1: Yeah. Oh, great shark tanks. Uh-huh. Um but Tahani is kind of the one that's that's a little off for me, right? She's like here like for why Jason. would she do that?
0: She's only here for Jason.
1: Uh, okay. Whatever will make him feel better. Just
0: like Michael. Michael, they're only there to help Jason.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: But Jason, like, it's weird because he sees how his dad's decisions are bad. Yes. Like he knows that breaking the law and robbing three factories would be a bad idea. Two
1: factories, okay, but three. <laughs>
0: like it would be, it would definitely earn them some bad place points, mm. or some negative good place points. I don't know how they are they gonna bad place points. Sure. I guess bad place yeah. points. But he's still like. I don't know. Even though he knows it's going to be bad for him, he still does it.
1: Mm hmm. Well, you mean like he goes along with his dad? Well, he's already doomed. Why not? OK. Yeah, he's already going to hell. So what does it matter Okay. if he robs three, five, ten factories? Who cares?
0: All these little points add up.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter, though. You're all going to the same place. That's okay. what he knows anyway. So yeah. I don't think he would care about himself, which is why he's able to put himself in the line of fire instead of Pillboy. Right? Mm-hmm. I just also want to point out that Donkey Doug's apartment is perfect. Like, I think it's really well designed and honestly kind of reminds me of my brother's apartment back when he was in his early 20s. Just the. The signs that were clearly stolen off of all these different roads and, you know, the bongs everywhere. Just trash on your big coffee table. It's like a frat
0: boy apartment.
1: Yeah. His dad 100% never grew out of that phase. Mm -hmm. I just think it's hilarious, you know. I, I loved the set design. I thought it was great. They could have pushed it even farther, but I thought it was great.
0: Cheezy breaks up with Simone in real life, and it goes terribly. He panics, but Eleanor convinces him to talk to Simone and to expect some heartache. Tahani stops Pillboy from robbing the factory, and Jason takes his place. The police arrive, and Donkey Doug sacrifices himself for Jason.
1: Yeah, so then this is where Cheezy is very obviously inflexible. He practices something, and then he comes to this... This moment where he feels like, okay, this is the perfect breakup and I need to remember, here's where the coffee cup was and here's, this is the way my leg was over my other leg, blah, blah, blah. He isn't able to ad- adapt. Um, like, he sees that she's sitting at a different table and all of a sudden now there's waiters, which, why weren't there waiters in the simulation? Um, and he freaks out and says, well, you dumped! You know? T.D., you have been hanging out way too much with Eleanor. Um, and all the practice in the world isn't going to help you at all if you can't adapt. So, yeah, not great. Not great, Chidi. Not a great moment.
0: Not a great moment, no.
1: But I love Eleanor's response to this. Um, to be upfront with Chidi and say... You know, she's a badass and her world is bigger than your relationship and she will recover. I like that. That was, that was a really good moment. It's um, that a was, great line.
0: Her yeah. world is bigger than your relationship.
1: Yeah. I, I swear I'm going to say that to people when they come to me with their breakup stories. Be like, your world is bigger than this relationship. It's okay. Um, I love it. I love it so much. And I think it's really nice, like... Nobody ends up happy after a breakup. It's okay. It's all right. It'll pass for you and for her. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But I think it is sweet that Chidi is worried too. Not just that she's going to be upset, but that he somehow put her on a bad path. And he doesn't want her to end up in the bad place because she he knows that she's such a good person. Right. So he wants her to get what... I'm sure he feels she deserves so I like that too it's nice it's not just a well I didn't want to hurt her because then my feelings are going to be upset
0: yeah exactly yeah. the cafe name that they're at French pressing Nemo oh my god they really don't like Nemo <laughs> like there's so many of these stores or shops that have Nemo in the name like the the restaurant in the first season was eating Nemo
1: Mm-hmm. drinking Nemo was yep. the bar It's just, it's a running joke with the staff. It's just like, they're so proud of the movie Finding Nemo that every restaurant is named after it.
0: Or they really hate Mm. it because they keep killing it in every iteration of these stores. Oh. Did you notice the street names? No, I didn't. Another Crocodile and Dundee gag. Oh, God. That's not a street and intersection with this is a street.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) That's so dumb. Yeah.
0: Now, a lot of the uh, the artwork in the cafe reminded me of this movie barcode tumbler. It was a an artist who would take a movie and condense all of the frames of the movie into one long strip of art, which kind of looked like a barcode because it was hmm. just frames of the movie, but just from the beginning of the movie to the end. So it was all the colors, and you could see the... The breakdown of scenes almost because they're they were all color-coded yeah was, light
1: dark okay yeah
0: it was really interesting um the the artist stopped updating a few years ago i think in 2016 but the tumblr is still out there moviebarcode.tumblr.com uh it's really great hmm. and a couple of the artwork on a couple of pieces of artwork on the wall really reminded me of that
1: hmm. that's cool i wonder what the good place would look like
0: hmm
1: Yeah. Huh. So back in Jacksonville, we've got Pillboy working at the, the old age home.
0: Being a Pillboy.
1: Yeah. And I like that his name tag actually says Pillboy. Um, very appropriate since mm-hmm. he hands out medication. And I like that he's being weirdly sweet with these old people. Like, oh, I want you to get a nice, mellow, fun kind of high. And I don't want you to be tripping balls like Clarice over there. I thought it was kinda of sweet. You can see that he's
0: overall a nice person. Um seems to care about the old people.
1: Yeah. And then we get Jason coming into the factory, and I love his I guess his introduction really, because Donkey Daddy says Pillboy and he goes, No, it's me, Pillboy's friend Jason.
0: Because he's like,
1: Like, yeah, no, he could see that the second you walk in, buddy. I don't know. Sometimes I just love him so much because he's so dumb. But he comes in, he's just so mad. Like, he's like, no, it's me, Pillboy, his friend, Jason. (laughs) I just thought, man, he just centered it so well in that scene. And then with the whole amen moment where Donkey Doug just bows to him and jason does the (laughs) symbol of the cross (laughs) and i mean some of these jokes are just so funny Mm -hmm. they really are and i think that's why i like this story still um and then of course we get to see where jason got his um bortles thing Mm -hmm. you know got it from donkey doug donkey dad
0: donkey dad Yep. no it sounds weird
1: yeah call me donkey doug okay oh god They were, like, two seconds into robbing that place, too.
0: Yeah. And then the cops show up. I feel like Jason, like,
1: called the cops.
0: I thought it was going to be Michael showing up as, Uh. like, pretending to be the cops. And then forcing (laughs) them to have some kind of moment to, like... But, no, it's the actual cops.
1: No, and then Donkey Dog just escapes on foot and the cops are just stunned and decide...
0: We should probably chase him. Uh,
1: okay. well, let's go. But there's there's enough hesitation that it makes it funny, like Jacksonville cops are just bad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so let's get to the end of our episode. TD speaks honestly with Simone and finally ends their relationship. Michael Tahani and Jason trick Pillboy into living an honest life. The Soul Squad reunites in Budapest, where Eleanor learns that her mother isn't dead. What? No way! Okay. So Chidi gets a little bit choked up when he's talking to Simone, which is nice. Um, And when he's saying, too, that she should continue this study because it might help a lot of people. I think he's hoping that something he's contributed to is going to help a lot of people get Mm, on the right path. It's going to do some good. Go to the good place. Maybe he feels like that's really important. Mm -hmm. And he's a little sad he can't do it since he's been fired.
0: Um, And he did love simone like they were together for over a year
1: yeah i guess i just don't feel a lot of sadness from him like he's he's obviously conflicted and he says multiple times he doesn't want to break up with her he's only doing it so that he doesn't accidentally doom her Mm -hmm. but i still feel he's not as upset about the whole thing and then even simone herself is frustrated like she's pissed off the way he does it when he says you dumped and all this but there's no tears there's no final kiss goodbye hug goodbye or anything it's just well maybe this is for the best because you're so weird i don't know
0: yeah they almost make a joke out of it that's
1: fine right for us the viewers we aren't that attached to their relationship because it hasn't been seasons That it's been building up, right? It's just been this season, so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it makes sense. And we
0: didn't see a lot of their growth. No. We saw them get together, but that's it.
1: Yeah, that's true. So another thing that I feel like we should learn is Jason and Pillboy's handshake. I love it. I thought it was great. I love the tears. Uh, It's so perfect for them, and I want to learn it. I really do. So I feel like that's gotta happen. I actually want other people, like listeners of this podcast, to go out and learn that handshake too, and then post videos online. Send it I to us. It. I want it so bad.
0: When uh, when Simone leaves and says, uh, see you in the next life, it reminded me a lot of Lost. When Desmond says, see you in another life, brother.
1: Yes, I don't feel like that was uh, that was a coincidence. Yeah. So do you feel like Pillboy has a chance of getting into the good place at all?
0: That's my... Is that your main
1: gripe with this episode?
0: It's not a gripe. It's not my main gripe. No, it's... But I don't think that deceiving Pillboy is a good way to get him into the good place. I don't think it's a way to get him good points at all. Mm -hmm. Because like Tahani, he's doing things for the wrong reason.
1: Right. His motivation is not correct. Exactly. Because he's doing things he just even because be... he's following orders from right, NASA. but he
0: wouldn't even be doing good things. He would, he would just, just be, be avoiding bad things.
1: Well, he would be doing good because he would be taking care of the old people.
0: Sure, he'd be continuing his job. hmm But is that enough to get you good points, doing what you're supposed to?
1: I mean, I feel like what job you take and how much it helps people and the ripple effect, I feel like, yes, that that definitely contributes to your points right okay. um we did see in the first episode all the all the explanation we saw those women's points um i think there was stuff about you know just in general like rescuing dogs and working for a nonprofit and that kind of thing like that gives you points mm-hmm. because you are doing something with your life sure. that helps people directly so i feel like pillboy would definitely accumulate points However, I don't know how many, and I don't know if it would actually make a difference because would it even out his previous actions and would it give you enough points to actually make it over this, you know, incredibly high threshold, right? (laughs) So, so I kind of feel like, I mean, it's good and there's, it's not like there's no worth in doing good things on earth. Um because maybe you'll actually end up in hell like you should still do good things we talked about that last episode but Mm -hmm. it's interesting because it's this whole idea of we're here to save people like we're here to save them and send them to heaven Eh, kind of doubt it Mm -hmm. with a lot of these people that we're working on right now yeah just like i kind of doubt tahani would be able to save her sister is who I'm imagining she's trying to save or to save her parents. Like next episode. Yeah. It's... I think that's who she's going to go for. Do you
0: think she feels like her sister is doomed?
1: Maybe because of her motivations, because her sister is obviously motivated by fame.
0: And Do attention you think... just like Tanya's. Do you think she is, though? Yes. Like,
1: Or a spite. like, um... Or she's motivated out of being better than her sister.
0: What confuses me, well, maybe not confuses me, but looking back to everything that Camilla has done, she's done nothing. All these things just happen around her. Like when she was at the the club and everyone said that she saved her sister, she didn't say anything. She didn't say, oh yeah, I saved my sister. So that's, she literally did nothing. And when the the lawyer was hitting on her in the in the office she didn't say anything she's not it's like she's a bystander in all of these people clamoring over her for no reason it just happens around her she doesn't encourage it she doesn't she doesn't start it no but she doesn't, she doesn't stop it. it you're right she, she absolutely doesn't, doesn't stop it, stop it.
1: And we already know that she is very intelligent. She is very talented. Um, we did have that one episode in season one where she was showing off um, a statue of a bird that she had made. And, you know, she was referencing all these different art movements mm-hmm. and her albums win Grammys and whatever else and mm-hmm. all these awards. So she's obviously very talented. Um but yeah, I'm I'm kind of interested. Like, I feel like that's who Tahani is going to go see. I'm very interested to see what that's going to be like and how we're going to explore, you know, your motivation versus your actions and intent versus impact mm-hmm. with these characters, with trying to save them. Yeah. So. And of course, Eleanor's mom, I feel like he's just unsavable at this point um she's a horrible person Mm -hmm. maybe she's miraculously changed but i kind of doubt it yeah so i don't know overall i enjoyed this episode i thought it was really funny i didn't feel like it was the deepest episode of the show um obviously we're not going on and on about philosophy this
0: episode no i don't think that would work with uh, an episode about jason and jason's dad
1: yeah exactly um but i did I did genuinely enjoy it. I I liked it. I thought it was fun. And I'm excited to see what we continue to do.
0: So we're about halfway through the season now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not enjoying it as much as I was hoping that I would enjoy it. I'm liking the jokes. There's a few episodes that I've really enjoyed. Like last episode was fantastic. Um, but... I'm not really liking the season so far, and I think I know why. Okay. There's no threat. We've lost the threat aspect of the show. The first season, it was constantly Eleanor being discovered, and then Chidi trying to teach her to be good. So there was always the threat of Michael discovering that she doesn't belong. And then then after halfway through or three quarters of the way through, there was the threat of her actually going to the bad place with Sean and the the bad place demons there. So there was that aspect of it.
1: There was always the tension. There
0: was always the tension. And then season two started and we have the threat of Sean discovering Michael and them having to escape from the bad place and get into the good place. So there's always the threat of discovery and being found out and that Michael was lying to everybody and, and all that.
1: Yeah. And they're still chasing a dream at that point. They're still hoping that they can make their way into the good place. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: And there's no threat in season three. I don't feel like there's any tension. There's no, there are no stakes. Okay. And it's bothering me.
1: Okay, because they already, at this point, know that they're going to the bad place, so they're just kind of resigned to that fate, like...
0: And if there was any tension at all, it was over in the first couple episodes. As soon as Trevor entered, there was tension there. There was, oh, maybe mm -hmm. Trevor's gonna throw a a wrench in the gears. Maybe Sean has something else up his sleeve. But that was all... It was, like, it was written out. Right. I'm sure some aspects of that will come back, but... There's not, there hasn't been this overarching worry or, you know, it's, there was never the fear of something going wrong.
1: Right. And it's,
0: it's detracted from, I don't know. It feels, it feels like it's missing.
1: Okay. No, I get it. If that's part, an important part of the show's DNA to lose that in this season is difficult. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like there was the tension of Michael and Janet being found out. So that kept things going for me for a little while. But I get what you mean. Like, there's no tension in this episode. I don't worry that, you know, I'm not worried that Pillboy's not actually going to get saved or any of this stuff. I'm not worried about Simone and Chidi's breakup. Not really. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a little bit of a fillery type of episode like there, are it plot wise it's we're moving things along but it's not
0: are we though what's yeah, the plot we, right now
1: they're saving people's souls and Snore i imagine fast. that some no but i imagine that something is going to come up
0: you imagine yeah. like you so hope I'm,
1: I'm hoping that something's going to come up that somehow the judge or sean mm-hmm. or some part of the Good Place, Bad Place is going to show up in the show because I can't imagine that they would do an entire season of just these kinds of episodes right, where exactly. Tahani's trying to save somebody this week and Eleanor's trying to save somebody next week. Like, yeah. You just can't keep that up. It's not going to be interesting.
0: I imagine the judge is watching them through all this. Yeah. The judge or the the points keeper, the accountants, or
1: mm-hmm.
0: I just want to see a little bit more.
1: Okay, that's I'm really fair.
0: getting kind of bored. Okay. Hm. I mean, I love the characters and I love watching them. I'm just, the story is boring me right now.
1: Mm. Okay. It's very valid.
0: My feelings are valid.
1: They are, Jason. Your feelings are valid.
0: And then as the credits start rolling, we have one more bit of crazy credits similar to last week. We have Jolivia Unten Oh my God, Which is, of course, Olivia Newton-John, who is a singer, songwriter, actress, activist, entrepreneur, four-time Grammy winner, etc. Mm-hmm. She was born in England but emigrated to Melbourne, Australia at age six.
1: Hmm. Okay, yeah,
0: Just a little factoid for you to stick in your pocket.
1: So that brings us to the end of Forking Bullshit, a multiverse radio production. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. This is the best way for others to find the show. If you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at Multiverse Radio and on Facebook at Multiverse Radio Podcast. And of course, you can always email us from our website, www.multiverseradio.ca. Bye. Bye.